Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. So, we're starting a new series. We are medical skepticism. Dun dun dun! This is oh, be you great. went sexy with that, and I was I like, I was well, like, I find Doom. it to be a sexy topic. <laughs> okay, all right, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, I think when you and I were talking about where to get started, right, with medical mm. skepticism, we went out to our community and we're like, we wanted them to lead the charge on what was making mm-hmm. them medically skeptical. So yeah. we kind of went out there and said, all right, guys, like, be real. If you experience medical skepticism, why is that? Where and why? Where and why? Where right? does it show up? And then, you know, our job is to communicate that and kind of have some interesting conversation around it. Uh-huh. So, of course, one of the big things that uh-huh. kept rearing up was the whole topic of COVID. Totally. And we've talked about this before, but it's like we never commented on COVID while it was happening because the emotions were just like insanely heightened. Totally. Right? Yeah. It's politicized. Everybody's got their back and forth and they don't like don't talk about it over family dinner. (laughs) Well, and okay, so just to go right into it. Right. I got the covid vaccine and you didn't. But were you surprised at how hateful people were who chose so hateful, so hateful to, you know, who didn't choose to respond the same way? Yeah, I I. I'm always surprised by bad behavior. My husband laughs about it. He's like, I don't know when you're going to stop being surprised. I'm always surprised by bad behavior. I think what's surprising is that like one minute you could be friends and be on the same page with everything. And the next minute, if you're having a debate about something like now, all of a sudden you're the worst person in the world. And I'm like, I don't know how that switch happened. Mm, I think because of I'll tell you why. I've got I've got my theories about this, right? Number so I have I wrote down the few things that I thought fueled that bad behavior. Okay. First and foremost, fear. Feels when, like we're telling them we're they're bad toddlers. The bad behavior. No, I'm yeah. I mean, on both sides. Yeah. There were yeah, people that's true. let me let me tell you something. There were people within my family who shamed people who were fearful about COVID. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wrong. Like they weren't fearful, but they just they weren't they were not fearful of the virus at all. They were like, oh, you know, go live your life. Go live your life. I'm not going to be, you know, kowtowing to this fear. I'm going to do my thing. But they made the people who were fearful, who had pre-existing conditions, who had lost, you know, people they cared about. They made them feel shame for being yeah. scared and frightened and for wanting to do what they felt was in their best interest. And I was disgusted by it, quite frankly. I mean, it's a complete lack of mutual respect. And love. This is yeah. family. Yeah. This is family. And yeah. I saw what it did. And it was, you know, they've kind of come back together, but it's not the same. You yeah. can't come back from that when you treat people that way. Yeah. But I think that I, you know, so fear, first and foremost, can we all agree, is a powerful motivator. Totally. And we mm-hmm. see that all the time in cancer yeah. care. Mm-hmm. It, it, when you're scared. Yeah. You do things and you say things that you otherwise would not do. Right. So fear is number one. Insecurity about their own choice. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people. I think that when people get mad at other people 
for their decision, it says to it says to me that they're potentially insecure with the choice they made. Yes. Because I don't care. I, what, I don't agree. care what you do. Right. Right. I'm going to support you yeah. and your autonomy and I make yeah. the choice that's best for me. Yeah. But when people go after other people for making a different choice, I think that says insecurity about them. Yeah. Or when they grill them about why are you making that choice? Like, where are you getting your data? Like, yeah, that's that mm-hmm. insecurity. It's that yeah. insecurity. Yeah. Arrogance and insensitivity, which we're going to be talking to a nurse who left the medical field because of arrogance and just, again, yeah. insensitivity. And then exploitation for personal gain. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always going to be those people out there that are going to capitalize on an emergency situation for their own benefit. Mm -hmm. And so those were the things that I saw play out. And it showed me, like, how quickly we'll turn on one another when the rubber hits the road, which for me was really, really sad. Yeah. I got depressed about it. Yeah. I was sad. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about what is COVID. Oh gosh! I mean, some we people. All know, yeah, yeah. Some people aren't aren't very. You clear. were on a rock, under right. a rock. Right. We're going to talk about how it's impacted the entire country. Right. And finally, why the survivors we spoke to think COVID has bred medical skepticism. But before we do that, let's hear from our first sponsor. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of Faith Through Fire. Thrivent believes money is a tool and not a goal. The Gateway Financial Group with Thrivent is local to the St. Louis area and can work with you to create a financial strategy that reflects your priorities and helps you protect the things that matter to you, like family and giving back. Please call 314-783-4214 to schedule a free consultation with one of Thrivent's Gateway Financial Advisors. Okay, so we're back. So what is COVID-19? It's a virus, right? And coronaviruses are a family of viruses that can cause respiratory illness. And they're called corona because of the crown-like spikes on the surface of the virus. So most people infected will experience mild to moderate respiratory illness and recover without any extra treatment. However, as many people saw, Mm -hmm. some people got really, really ill or died requiring medical attention or they developed long COVID. Mm -hmm. I had a couple of friends that developed long COVID and are still dealing with side effects. Mm -hmm. So we've both gotten COVID. Mm -hmm. What were your symptoms? So tired. Yeah. Just so tired. That you was... and I got COVID at the same time. Yeah. I think I gave it to you. We you made did. our we made our first reel and the next day we had COVID. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you and I had it at the same time and we were like zooming with each other and we both looked like death warmed over. Yeah, it was not fun. No. But mine was mostly just fa- serious fatigue. I didn't have a cough. Mm-hmm. I just would get up, I'd go pee and then I'd go back to bed. <laughs> I actually think I've had COVID three times. <laughs> oh I really do. <laughs> I, I had it the first time was in January. Mm-hmm. And people weren't talking about COVID until March. Yeah. But January, I had this cough I couldn't get rid of, and I I was having trouble breathing. Like, I couldn't catch my breath for months to the point where, like, by the time, right before people started talking about COVID in March, my husband was like, you need to go see a doctor. I I don't like the way you sound. You're, you're like, wheezing, and you're having trouble Uh catching your breath, and you have this cough. And interestingly enough, my symptoms finally resolved after a couple months, right when everybody started scrambling and freaking Mm. out about COVID. And when I heard the symptoms, I was like, I already had that. Yeah. But I don't remember you having a cough the other times. No. So then, so that was my first time getting it. Yeah. Then I got vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Then you and I got it. Yeah. And then I think the third time it was like literally just the sniffles. Yeah. So the second time you and I felt about the same. Yeah. We both had the same kind. So we both felt fatigued and Mm -hmm. just not great. The third time was like a sniffle. And you had a hard time like, you felt like it took you a long time to get your full breath capacity back. Uh, from the first one, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, I, I, it, I mean, I still think that 
I think I'm in pretty good shape now, but uh -huh. it, it was not a quick thing. Mm -hmm. It took me probably a good year before I felt like my lung capacity. I don't know what a test would show yeah. about my lung capacity, mm -hmm. but I feel normal now. Yeah. You know, but my, yeah, my husband noticed it and was like super concerned. Did you and, end up losing any, any friends, anybody, any loved ones from COVID? I, I have a friend whose father died oh, from COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in that older population mm -hmm. and he didn't feel that bad, but mm -hmm. he went to the hospital and mm -hmm. he later died. Mm -hmm. So. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have I mean, everybody's been impacted. You mm -hmm. if you don't know somebody that died from it, you know, somebody that's had long term symptoms from it mm -hmm. or, you know, somebody, you know, that that got seriously mm -hmm. ill. We had a family member who was completely against vaccination and didn't think it was a big deal at all and really minimized the feelings of other family members who felt like it was like mm -hmm. very scary and he ended up hospitalized multiple times oh, no. from from the virus so jeez oh, yeah i mean i think we all saw that play out right mm -hmm. like different this is where i feel like that respect aspect just needs to come in like of we course. don't we don't have to diminish anybody's feelings about anything or fears or whatever you can share what you're doing or, or you know right. but but I just always feels like that feels really awkward when you're that person like oh man that they were the person putting somebody down for their choices and now here they are hospitalized you know mm -hmm. yeah meaning meaning like you don't want to be like that I told you so <laughs> oh no I think that's I think that's exactly what people were doing to each other yeah which I think is ridiculous because I could have ended up hospitalized yeah. and you know likewise I mean it that's like anything that happens to anybody. It, mm -hmm. it can happen to anybody at any time. And for you to sit there and try to draw a parallel. Yeah. You know, it's it's like the same thing that we see in breast cancer care, right? You can have all the treatments your doctor tells you to have and you can still die from the disease mm -hmm. and you can opt out of certain par portions of treatment and you can be alive 50 years later. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no there's, you can't draw yeah. any of those lines and say, if you do it this way, then this is the outcome. And if you do it that way, that's the outcome. That's not how life works in general. Right. So yeah. I think we lost that. And it, you know. We've lost that respect. We've lost that respect yeah. and just caring for people and, and honoring their decision making. You and I have, I mean, it's what we preach at Faith Through Fire all the time in mm -hmm. that you make decisions that are best for you because yeah. if you don't and you let other people influence you, it leads to resentment and regret. Yep. So let's talk about how it's impacted the country. But first, do you want to do boobs in the news? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> Boobs in the News is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. All right. So the headline is thieves made off with 200 sneakers over worth over $13,000. Thieves made thieves. off with how many sneakers? 200 sneakers. What kind? What brand? Oh, Does gosh. It say? All, all sorts. I, it looks like... It looks like I don't want to give away the punchline. It looks like just a shoe store. Oh, they went and just. But you know, a... but you know what they do? It's at only a shoe one store. size. <laughs> they, no, they only stole the right shoe. Oh, for gosh sakes! <laughs> you think there's a good black market value on just one right yeah, shoe? Yeah, right. I was like, they 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 have stolen for the amputees of the world. Oh my gosh! Three people in Peru were caught on the wrong foot after a shoe shop robbery went wrong. Mm. So I would imagine they lock up their shoes in the back. Mm -hmm. And so they couldn't get to the other side of the shoe. But can you imagine that they, they realize that they only have the right shoe and they go into the back to try to find the match? I, I would imagine how, how long they'd be back there trying to find right. in that system. I know <sighs> this. This heist was not well thought out. I'm so, going to go out on a limb and say these people are morons. How much do you think it was all worth? All those shoes. How many shoes was it? 200. I mm. mean, shoes. I mean, some shoes are 2000 bucks. 
2,000? Yeah. That's like 10 pairs of shoes. They were sold 200. Oh, okay. 4,000. 50,000. Oh, really? Yeah, that's in Peruvian. So this is in Peruvia. So that was... that was. <laughs> well, thir- how am I supposed to know 13, what the equivalent is? $13,400. $13,400. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Of right so, shoes. <laughs> of right shoes. So footage from the shop's security camera captured the crime, um, and it shows the thieves breaking the padlock on the third... At, on their third attempt at 3.30 a.m. on a Sunday. So oh, they only, I mean, they got in and then they only stole the right shoe. I want to know, like, in that kind of retail situation, are, are alarms going off? Are they, like, under the gun to get as many shoes as possible before the popo get there? <laughs> and the getaway driver. Like, or is it just, like, it's a, it's nothing. There's no alarm. They can take their time. I mean, they can go back and try to find the other shoe. What What is the situation in those? Yeah, situations? I don't know. I've never, like, see, I've never robbed anything. Well, put it on the bucket list there. <laughs> yes. There's your boobs. Ice before I die. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. We're back. Let's talk about how COVID's impacted the country. One million people died. Mostly the elderly and those with other comorbidities. This is like the dark part of the episode. I mean, it's true. It's factual, right? Like people can sit there and, and, you know, say no big deal. But a lot of people died. Mm -hmm. It was very scary. And, you know, I remember being terrified because I remember watching the news at one point. And like, I remember it being really eerie, too, because there was nobody driving around Mm -hmm. because I'd go for my walk or whatever. And there was nobody driving around. And then I'd I'd look at a news article and it was just refrigerator trucks out the back of hospitals. And I think that's the moment when I realized I was a little scared. Yeah. Well, you know, I immediately drew a parallel to what you and I experienced and what other breast cancer survivors experienced. I think this is the first time that our country has felt the same kind of fear. Mm hmm. That we all felt when we got diagnosed with breast cancer yeah. about the possibility of us dying. Right. Yeah. You you come to terms with your mortality. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's the first time. If ever, mm-hmm. if you were super terrified and you felt paralyzed by fear during that time, that is exactly how it feels mm-hmm. to get diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea if you're going to be one of the people that die from it, if you're going to be one of the people mm-hmm. that live, if you're going to have long-term side effects from right. the treatment or the, you know, whatever. Yep. So, I mean, I, I was kind of like... I handled the pandemic pretty well mentally because I'd already been there, done that. Right. I'd already yeah. faced death. So yeah. for me, I think what was scary for me was this could happen again and again and again. It could also be weaponized, which was really scary mm-hmm. to me. So that's where my mind went with it. But for me, it's like I've already faced death once. Like I'm going to live my life because, mm-hmm. you know, I've already been through that trauma. Totally. But I think it was really insightful to see people with that level of fear who had yet to experience yeah like a real fear of yep. death yep. the lockdowns caused the decline in education employment oh, small businesses so morale mm-hmm. elder care mental health my nana died in a nursing home during covid mm-hmm. and it was like the absolute worst i mean you know and i think a lot of people can say the same you know it also increased poverty substance abuse and violence yeah all those depression rates i i mean you you're already home depressed you're going to be home depressed even more oh it was terrible and for see, men- and seeing nobody well we're seeing we're seeing the effects on mental health now yeah. i mean mental health problems are everywhere yep. the cdc shows that drug overdose reached a record high in 2021 suicide rates also reached record mm-hmm. highs after 2 years in decline in 2022, I think, mental health-related visits to the ER jumped 31% in, ki- wow. in kids. Oh. And I, I do think that there has been so much mental health issues with kids. Yeah, I'm hearing from teachers all over well, the place. Well, c- because can you imagine if you didn't do well learning virtually and then you're 
trying to be home and your life now is basically lived on social media and now I mean and all the things that social media does I think we've done an episode on how destructive that can be so it 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 just is a snowball effect I don't think it can be blamed on one thing in particular but yeah so those are all the negative things obviously the world economic forum stated though that there were some positives that came from the lockdowns which include more time to do enjoyable things spending more time outdoors Mm -hmm. being more appreciative of things that you usually take for granted paying special attention to personal health doing more physical activity spending more time with your family What I, again, think is so interesting about the positives that they list is that they're so similar to things cancer patients will say about the silver linings of their diagnosis. It is interesting. Do you, know, there is do you a see lot, all yeah. the parallels between yeah. getting diagnosed with a life-threatening uh-huh. disease and what mm-hmm. we saw play out in COVID? It's totally. It, it totally mimics. Well, and you, I, I think you see life through a different lens after you've been diagnosed. And, and, I, and I think COVID did that for all of us. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. There are so many parallels. When we started talking, when patients yeah. wanted to talk about this, I was like, there's so many parallels. Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you feel p- cancer patients in particular seem to respond to the pandemic? I was surprised at the resiliency about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I was surprised. I think that, that there was like also a little underlying fear of like, I don't know what to do because now they've, I mean, if somebody was either in the middle of treatment or just out of treatment, they're like, oh, there's all these, this pressure to get a vaccine or not get a vaccine. What do I do? And, you I, know, there was that. But I think some of them really enjoyed having chemo alone and not having the pressure of like everybody around. Oh, some I mean, I heard this a lot. It was really nice because my work was already on lockdown, so I didn't have to take time off. I was already working from home. That was a nice silver lining. Or there was the people who are like, I was terribly lonely because no one could go with me. Mm -hmm. I I saw both sides. I saw people that were like, it was fine. It wasn't that bad. But then I had patients that were like, yeah, it was really fun having my husband drop me at the door, you know, for my mastectomy or my chemo. And I walked in by myself and was in isolation by myself. And, you know, those are really scary moments before your first infusion or yeah. before your mastectomy. One one patient, I, I was flabbergasted by this. She had breast cancer on the left side. She wanted to get a double mastectomy. They told her that she couldn't do it both at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they had her do one side, the cancerous side. They discharged her and made her come back and do the other side. And I'm thinking to myself, in what world does that make sense? Right. They're already in there. They're already in there. You, I, I don't know if it was like, we want to build this twice because yeah. it makes no sense because you also have to do anesthesia twice then, yeah, which is yeah. dangerous for the patient. Right. So things like that. And that was particularly egregious because her mom got diagnosed with cancer at the exact same time she did, but her mom's was very advanced lung cancer. Mm-hmm. So she had her single mastectomy, came out, her mother passed. She went to her mother's funeral and went right back in for the other side. <laughs> so when we're talking about trauma, right, like, yeah. and we talk about medical trauma, yeah. When you add the pandemic on top of it and chopping up patient care and doing things like that, no one was thinking of that woman's mental health when when they did that. No one was advocating for her to say, this is messed up. We're not doing this to her. It was just, you know, that whole fire hose. And I wonder how many women put off their reconstruction just because it felt like it wasn't necessary at the time. Oh, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Well, I think they stopped doing all of the... A non-elective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... Or the... the yeah. Not necessary, necessary. What, yeah, whatever yeah, they determined to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, we asked survivors what they had to say about COVID and, and why did it increase their medical skepticism? So we can't talk about COVID without talking about the HD or the HD, the, the CDC. <laughs> yeah. The HD. 
The CDC. The Wall Street Journal had an opinion letter last month or a couple months ago that said, why did the CDC ignore its own pandemic protocols? And it basically goes on to say that the CDC's guidelines in 2017 cautioned against excessive societal lockdowns. And yet we went ahead and did the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. The CDC is a hot mess express. Can we all just agree on that? They I think they've set their credibility back decades. Yeah, decades. I, I do agree. Their their own internal review found that they mishandled the pandemic response. Well, I, the fact that they have come out public with that actually, I mean, it says a lot to me. The fact that I, they I admitted I, it. Yeah, I always feel a lot more respect for people who say, "Okay, we totally messed up, and we are owning it, mm-hmm. and you know, this is what we've done to move forward in the future if this ever happens again." So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I they, agree. They, they patched that. At, at least, they're, at least they're saying, "Yes, mm-hmm. we could have handled this better." You know, when it when and if there's another pandemic, yeah. we're going to take steps to try to to try to do better. That led to a lot of medical skepticism. Right. Mm-hmm. The the messaging was very inconsistent, mm-hmm. always changing back mm-hmm. and forth. Nobody knew, you know, what was going on. Another thing that patients brought up, brought up was lack of leadership at the local level. So let, let's let's delve into <laughs> hospital response. Our, our local hospital just got rid of masks. Yes. So by the time this airs, it'll, it will have been a couple months. But yeah, it, it, they, they just, just they just lifted it. And that. They, they made a big splash about it, I marketing mean, wise. <laughs> so when did everybody like when did they lose you on the whole mask thing? Well, they lost me when no one was doing it, like no businesses were doing it. And I had to dig out my mask from the center, my center console of my car to put it on to go into hospital. I'm like, I literally just came from everywhere with no mask. And now I have to walk in there with my my dingy mask. Like it just feel it felt a little bit like they were behind the times. Well, I think they were posturing. Yeah, that's yeah. I think they were posturing. Everybody thought it was I mean, or or they were just catering like there were some there, you know, they're they're catering to the the few who were still incredibly fearful. But, you know, you're also walking into a cancer center. So I, I kind of meant when did they lose you on the whole masking in general? Because like we, you and I were talking about it. Oh, when COVID when COVID first happened. <laughs> yeah, you were never when COVID first happened and everybody was talking about these masks. I was like, OK, well, we couldn't find any masks because everybody was buying them. So Gary went to the store with like paper towels on his face. I mean, they, so they <laughs> lost me when they're like, it's only can be an N95. Oh, but you know what? If you can't find an N95, a cloth mask will work. It's not it's only like 10 percent of, you know, I don't know, whatever percentage. It's only this much pers- uh, effective. And I'm like, well, then why are we doing this? I'll tell you when else they lost me. It's when very early in the pandemic, I'm waiting in line at like the local Walgreens and all of the technicians have it hanging on their chin. <laughs> like yes. it's hanging under their chin as they're filling prescriptions because they have to have them. Yeah. But nobody's wearing, wearing them properly. Right. No one in society was wearing those yeah. things properly. Yeah. And it's like, who believes this is doing anything? Any yeah. And yet we have our leading medical experts locally yeah. continuing to promote something that we all suspect isn't doing a whole lot. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's why patients felt like mm, yeah. that. I don't know. I'll tell you when they really, really lost me was when they had that news story about arresting the California surfer who was surfing and not wearing a mask. Shut the front door. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. had did not hear this. Yeah. yeah. That's when I was like, we've lost our minds, you know. <laughs> We have lost our minds. So I, you know, that's that. I went through I went through two yoga trainings wearing a mask the whole time. And how did that feel? Ugh, it was it's hard to do yoga in a mask, although we you know, we were trained to teach firemen who have to wear a mask. So it was kind of like job specific. But I here's what I think, yeah. too, when I because there's still people that wear masks today. And when I see them, I think either a they're fearful yeah. for reasons I don't understand. Yeah. B. 
they're being considerate because they think somebody they're yeah. you know they might spread something to somebody yeah. but i will tell you i was at a wellness retreat recently and there was a participant that had a mask on the entire time i mean she only took it off to eat her food and she was the only one wearing mm-hmm. it and of course everybody's respectful it's like yeah. you do you right, right. like yeah. no I don't care. You do you, know? you, boo. Yeah. And somebody did ask her why. She said she works with the elderly and she just feels like it's her yeah. way of like protecting them. Oh, yeah. But I will tell you, there was a functional medicine doctor in attendance mm-hmm. and <laughs> she just said, why are you doing that? She's like, that's harmful. You're breathing in those fibers. You're causing harm to your own mm-hmm. health by wearing that all the time. She's like, you yeah. don't need to do that. Yeah. And she took it off and didn't wear it the rest of the time. Oh, I, interesting. It was interesting because it was an immediate. I think she was relieved. Yeah. I think she really genuinely felt like, yeah. you know, she was a compassionate healthcare worker yeah. who genuinely did not want to put elderly the, patients at risk. The narr- that narrative, that exact narrative was put out there. Like, if you don't, you know, it's kind of like going back to the vaccine thing, like, which we'll get into in another episode with a, with a guest. But like, that was the narrative that was put out there is that you're not caring if you don't do this. And mm-hmm. so I can, uh, I can see how that could get implanted in somebody's brain. And that's what they do moving forward. Yeah. I, I just think I, I think I don't think anybody, if they felt like the mask actually worked, would be opposed to doing it if yeah. they thought it was going to do something. I found it funny. We were at a blues game a couple months ago and this girl had a mask on there and she pulled her mask down to blow in one of those really long horns. So <laughs> yeah. we're in St. Louis. We had the blues here and we had this big, big long horns and they do this like mar, 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 and then everybody follows back with it. And she pulls her mask down to blow into this horn over, <laughs> like that's really long. So it's over all the people that are in front of her. And then she puts her mask back on. That's what and I'm, I'm saying. like, I don't think you don't understand think... what's happening here. Unless unless she's protecting only herself and she doesn't care about infecting everybody else. I, I know, don't whatever. know. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But it's real. I, again, I mean, you do you, right? Yeah. It's not going to bother me one way or the other. But yeah. I, we want to see your face too. So something else that patients brought up was that it really made them sad when they saw medical staff and military personnel who did not want to get vaccinated fired. Yeah. And obviously now we know that it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID or spreading it. The unintended consequence of that decision is that now there's a major, major major labor labor shortage, right? Which can be attributed to lots of factors. Yeah. But I think the military in particular is very short-staffed. Nursing is insanely short-staffed. And and if you know anything about the nursing profession, when you find out what the demands are on them and how little they're paid and mm-hmm. the expectations, and there's never any budget for them, totally, it's insane. And yeah. it, it, it is a complete wear on their emotional and mental state. And then, you know, when that all happened... It was just kind of shocking to see a leading medical institutions making decisions like that. You know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a yeah. controversial thing to say. I didn't feel like there was evidence for it, honestly. No. It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. So I think when we saw that, you know, they went from being heroes to being villains. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were just like, Ugh, that didn't feel good to them. No. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one that was brought up to our attention. Doctors employed by the hospitals feeling pressured to follow a protocol instead of working with their patients individually to assess the risks and benefits and potential medications for COVID. Yep. I'm not surprised by this. No. I think, and we've talked about it in other episodes, about the lack of individualized care that Mm -hmm. we're being stripped of that from the insurance companies, Mm -hmm. from these hospital administrators. Mm -hmm. My sister was fortunate that she... So I got vaccinated, but my sister did not. And my sister has, I've talked about it in multiple episodes. She has 
what they've called fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. which to me is what they call anything they don't understand. Yeah, like a chronic pain they don't understand. They don't, yeah. they don't understand yeah. it, so they throw a fibromyalgia diagnosis on yeah. it. But she's had years where she was basically bedridden. She's three years mm-hmm. younger than I am. And she was in a place where she wasn't flaring as much. She had found some semblance of stability. Her life wasn't perfect, but she was better than she had been. She was really scared to take the vaccine and ha- and, and have a flare and mm-hmm. that would put her back into bed for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. She, But she felt conflicted, like all mm-hmm. of us did. Do yeah. I? Do I not do it? Am I harming people if I don't do it? Mm-hmm. Is it okay? To her doctor's credit, she went to him and she talked to him about it. And he told her, don't do it. If you're worried about this, you know, causing a flare, setting you back, yeah. I'm comfortable with you not doing it. Right. But that was unusual. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that was is. usual. The mandate was you tell people they have to do this. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of patients, they want that individual discussion. Yeah. Especially when you talk about side effects like myocardio. What is it? What is myocarditis. it? Myocarditis. My, myocarditis mm-hmm. that they're seeing in young men. Mm-hmm. You know, I would want my son to have a conversation like. A personalized conversation. A personalized conversation of risk. Not a check the box conversation. Right. Risk yeah. benefit analysis. Yeah. Right. Like what, you know, if you're young and healthy. What is the risk reward on this? So I think a lot of patients are just concerned that Mm -hmm. protocols and insurance are dictating care. Which we're going to get into more on another episode. I mean, I feel like we're like (laughs) bullet pointing these, but really, I just wrote down what people said. And then we were were kind of just talking about it. The treatment of those who raise concerns about the vaccines, suppression of information from those who had serious concerns. We, We did have some pretty credible experts raising concerns. Yeah. And I think and also there were people who were raising concerns in a non threatening way, non threatening way. And I didn't I didn't necessarily see that from both sides. And OK, so you're saying that you felt like I mean, I don't know if I agree with you. I know. Well, we can't give I, I definitely saw I saw the threatening way from both sides. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I understand why you don't want to give a platform to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, right? But when medical totally. experts who are highly respected in their fields aren't allowed to have an opposing view, that is scary. Yeah. It is scary that you cannot, yeah. you know, have a debate with other medical professionals and weigh the pros and cons. And I don't know if that's because they don't trust the public to to listen and then make a decision for themselves uh-huh. or... Or they're afraid of being wrong. Like if they take a position, I think it's the. the I think it's just like we go back to the CDC and saying like they are the fear of being wrong and be, it being blasted everywhere when mm-hmm. you're the trusted leader, expert, the mm-hmm. trusted expert. It it doesn't necessarily look good, but I think, like I said about the CDC, it's like when you can when you can have the conversation and then let people choose for themselves. I th- feel like that's when they just. I feel like I. There are, I'm sure, many and myself lost a lot of trust because there was no debate about it. Yeah. Yeah. When it's yeah. when it's one sided, it, that never feels good. No, that yeah. never feels good. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one. The wealthy elite didn't seem to be following the rules that were imposed on everybody else. Yeah. I will say it was frustrating for me to see people <laughs> like really pushing this agenda, which goes back to like one of the reasons that I think, you know, at the very beginning, I said bad behavior was exploitation for personal gain, right? Mm. I think there were a lot of people that were stoking the fires and taking a position. For example, like it drove me crazy when they were telling everybody to still wear a mask and then there would there would be video or, or pictures of them at some five-star restaurant, you know, with a huge crowd of people mm. not wearing a mask. Yeah. It's like, okay, 
you know, yeah. the rest of us yeah. all have to do this. Yeah. But you are able yeah. to go do whatever you want. Yeah, I can and, see that. And I do understand why that would breed medical skepticism mm-hmm. with patients. Yep. I mean, so there's that. The the money. Okay, so here's here's the big conspiracy theory, right? Made by a big pharma, a vaccine that many now question the efficacy of. Yeah. Right? There's some concern that it's immunosuppressant. Uh-huh. And, and the fact that you need like 12 of them. Sure. <laughs> they don't work. Yeah. I mean, they. I think actually I say that. I think the data says that you're less likely to be hospitalized if you're vaccinated. Sure. At the same time, we've seen a lot of immunosuppressed people have problems. Right. Then it becomes a question of money. Now, is it nefarious? Like, are they... Did they put something out that they knew wasn't going to work or was it that they were so under the gun to find a solution that mm-hmm. they just didn't, you know, we don't have long term data. Yeah. Yeah. Who that, knows? Yeah. That, that's the who knows. Right. Yeah. And something that we always talk about is like assuming positive intent. Right. Mm-hmm. Like at Faith Through Fire, we have a lot of diversity. We have a lot of different members. They all have differing beliefs. Yeah. They all feel different ways about certain things. Sure. And one of the one of the things that we like to say is always assume positive intent. Totally. Right. Yeah. But if if there's ever a villain in any story, I feel like it's Big Pharma. <laughs> you know, what I mean? they haven't been exactly known for their um, philanthropy. Well, now let's think about it. If if they had developed a vaccine that had no adverse side effects and was saving lives, every you know, yeah, everybody was dropping dead until this vaccine, they'd be the yeah. hero. But it right. didn't happen that way. Yeah. Right. And so that goes back to what we just said. People are scared to do anything in the fear that they're wrong. Right. So was Big Pharma. Did they rush to market with a product that they knew was not going to work? Yeah. Or did they do the best they could with the time that they had and put something out and it just didn't end up working out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? Right. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. But it breeds skepticism. It does. Before we kind of get to our closing thoughts, do you want to go to our second sponsor? Let's do it. It's important to have a primary care doctor that you can count on. At BJC Healthcare, world-class and compassionate primary care providers are ready to see you at offices close to home. And you can count on BJC to make it easy with convenient online scheduling, virtual visits, and direct messaging. To find a BJC primary care provider near you and to schedule an appointment online, visit bjc.org forward slash primary care. And we're back. Any closing thoughts on this, Sarah? Oh, about COVID? (laughs) I know it's so exhausting. I know it's so it's so exhausting. I've done wrapped up my thoughts on COVID a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I think just as with anything, fear is always something to be talked about, and I felt it mm-hmm. with COVID, and I think we feel it with cancer, and I think that there are many instances in our life where fear dictates how we react and how we feel. But mm-hmm. I think that every within everything, there's a lesson to be learned, and you know. I would be curious to to know what, people... what your lesson is as a listener. What what do you feel like you learned from COVID? And, you know, I know what I learned. And Yeah, I'd love I to think... hear from you guys. I mean, obviously, we were given material. It's about medical skepticism. So yeah. the people we heard from were yeah. medically skeptical. Right. But I'd love to know your thoughts about that and, yeah. you know, the lessons that came out Always of this. Always respect yeah, and debate. 100%. Yeah. I, you know, of course... I look through at everything through a spiritual lens. That's a big part of my life. That's how I look at everything. And I think it's very simple. The devil wants us divided. Differences in opinion serves a purpose, though. Mm-hmm. And it, it provides the opportunity for reflection, accountability, growth. And yeah. we love that, yep, you know. Yep, yep. But but let's remember who wants us divided and hating each other, right? For me, it's like if that's, if that's kind of what I see developing, I just run the opposite direction. Yeah. 
Got you no... run towards union and yeah. away from division. Yeah. I said, see ya, devil. I ain't doing this. <laughs> All right, guys. There it is. Until next time. See ya. Thank you for being a listener of the Besties with Breasties podcast. If this podcast had a positive impact on your journey, leave us a review or consider becoming a supporter. You can donate with the link in the show notes or at faiththroughfire.org. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmus. Audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies. Music